I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. Here we go. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki. We're back. Exciting. Yes. Yeah. It's been uh, it's been a while. I, I want to introduce Johnetta Rhodes. First of all, what have you been up to? Oh, nothing, girl. You know, just writing. And yeah. I feel like I thing. don't see you all the time. Yeah, like, I know, I right? Like, like, I don't know what you're up <laughs> well, to. Well, they don't see me all the time. That's so right. that's, yeah. that's totally, yeah. totally fair. I got, um, and I totally forwarded this message to Johnetta that I got when she was on the last podcast. And that was from a listener that was so excited that they heard you on the last podcast that they screamed because they were so glad that you were back. Oh my gosh, I'm so touched. Yes. I was so excited. I was like, David, I'm famous. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, slow your roll, girl. (laughs) I was like, I gotta I gotta show this to Johnetta. She's gonna be really excited. It was it was super exciting. Yeah. So you've been writing and um doing all kinds of stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, as you guys know, we took a four week hiatus. It was gonna be three weeks, turned into four Because I was dealing with, I say was, I still am, uh, dealing with some depression related to bipolar disorder and the seasonal change. And I think this time of year is really hard for a lot of people. Oh, girl, for real. Yeah. Seasonal depression always hits me. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Right as soon as that time change hits. It's almost like, yeah, the time change Mm -hmm. and whenever it gets cold. And I love cold weather, but it's like, it makes you slow down almost. And I feel Mm -hmm. like your body is trying to... it's kind of trying to compensate. And yeah. it's like, here, yeah. we're not work harder to this. Yeah. And yeah. it's so not fun. <laughs> I completely, I completely agree. I think it's, it is, it's hard on everybody. And I was really excited because I think the Edmond Police Department shared an article from NAMI about really? how hard this time of year is for people to like raise suicide awareness and stuff like Good. that. Um, but I just wanted to tell everybody who commented or liked or loved the post that I made in the group, like that sent me supportive messages that meant so much to me. That helped me. You don't even know. Like that this this depression was probably the worst one that I've experienced since 2015, which was when I was in day treatment. Okay. So that's been like four years yeah. of stability and everything. And um so this was it was kind of jarring to like be doing so well and then have this sneak up out of nowhere and just be like, this is your brain. Like, this is what you deal with. This right. is not going away. This is the rest of your life. Like, you're going to have to keep. Well, and I wonder if it's because you've been doing so much and you've expanded so much and your mm. your world has grown. Yeah. And you've been doing so many great things. Yeah. And your body was like, well, girl. Yeah. It's time. It's time for us to like. We got recharge. We got recharge. Yeah. And maybe it was, it was like, it was, wasn't a good thing for sure. Cause it's never no, a good yeah. thing whenever you have a, des- a depressive episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just life and you have to learn to cope and deal and mm-hmm. stuff. But maybe it was part of your body being like, we have done so much. We need a minute. And now we're just slammed with this whole bam. Yeah. Like here it is. We're still here. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be taking care of this. And it was like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> I definitely think that that's possible because I was just telling uh, Laura the other night that, um, like, my life kind of went from <laughs> agoraphobic writer to, <laughs> like, going places and interviewing people and right. stuff like that. And so it's like, it kind of, it felt like my life got... Like it was like a firecracker and somebody lit the fuse and it just like shot out in 2019. <laughs> like it was just like, okay, we've hibernated for however long and now we're ready for, it was crazy. But, um, but anyway, I'm so, so glad that everybody reached out. And if you are struggling with depression this time of year, know that that's not unusual. There are a lot of us that have, uh, issues with this time of year for totally. whatever reasons. Yeah. Holidays are hard. And, um, Anyway, so I wanted to thank you guys for that and introduce the topic today. Today's going to be kind of a fun episode. Not super fun. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's dark. It's eerie <laughs> Like It's always a little bit dark. But, but we're going to make it fun. We're going to make it fun. So we're talking today about murderabilia. Which is such a strange word to me. It's I was so like, is weird. it murderabilia or murderbilia? Like, I was yeah. like, how do I say is this? Is the A silent? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like... This is this is weird. And yeah. I'm not the best pronouncer in the world, you know. I mean, I learn Same. words by reading them, so one of my favorite things I've ever seen is like don't make fun of people who pronounce words wrong because it means they learned it from reading. 
Yep. And I'm like, that's right. So that don't is, make fun real. of me. That is real. I send that's that to David thing. and my kids all the time because they love to make mm-hmm. fun of me whenever I mispronounce things. Yeah. Like when I mispronounced hyperbole. Hyperbole? Yeah. I did that in... My uh, kid looked at me and she went, uh, that's hyperbole, mom. And I was like, well, I've never heard the word actually said. Right. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, I've never heard it out loud. I've only read it. I know what it means. Exactly. I'm not yeah. dumb. Yeah. Like, yeah. I completely 110% get that. Yeah. Um, when I was in 11th grade, I said hyperbole out loud reading in my AP English class. Oh, And no. my, my um, teacher, like, corrected me and... I said, no, I was like, no, it's hyperbole. Like I fought him on that. I was, I was convinced that I was right. And I also just like to irritate him. So it was, it was enjoyable for me. But, um, anyway, so murderabilia, um, the first time that I heard this and what kind of inspired this episode is during my little hibernation period, I watched a lot of TV. I watched a lot of TV, which is not something, you know, this, that I don't watch a ton of TV at all times like I'm I'm usually pretty bad about watching TV I'm the same way like I have to be mm-hmm. in that frame of mind exactly and want to mm-hmm. like it's just it's usually like we're all binge yeah watch. yeah exactly um, it's not an everyday thing exactly yeah I, I go through phases where it's like I want to watch it all the time and then I'm like eh, I could do without it kind of a thing right but um but I always enjoy having like monster or murder documentaries on in the background like I'm always doing yes. that so yeah yes but yes, anyway yes. on prime there is a series called serial killer culture and there's also a full-length documentary i believe that's they're kind of like companions to each other like i think okay. that the series is that was one like, also on prime yes okay. um i think that one was like a web series and they've they put it on prime and then the other one is an actual documentary okay but anyway so basically i stumbled across this and i watched them all probably ad nauseum for anyone that was in the room at that time <laughs> um and that's where i first heard this term and basically, murderabilia is true crime memorabilia, exactly what it sounds like. Right, right. It's like, you know, when I was a kid, this is this is probably embarrassing, but um, when I was a child, I was very into Val Kilmer. Oh, girl, same. <laughs> okay, oh, my okay. God. I knew in I could talk same, to you about this. In the same, yeah. I was like, this is my sexual awakening. Oh, girl. I had a lot of sexual awakening. No, 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 so no. As a child, I swear. No. But Val Kilmer was in one the of the same, biggest when, ones. Whenever uh, she has to keep him warm. Yes. Yeah. And, and I was he's, like, like freezing to death. this? Why do I feel so very strange yeah, in my core? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because same. Uh, so... Val Kilmer, I was so obsessed with him that, like, my mom would buy the scripts from the movies, like, copies of them, yeah. and give them to me and stuff, and I would, oh, like, cool. read them, like, this is, I was such a weird kid. That's cool, like, though, that yeah, your mom was, did was, that. My like, mom has always really, been, like... Your mom is amazing. She is Mama Vinge is my favorite. She is. Because she is just so supportive of you, mm-hmm. and, like, everything that you're into and stuff, and yeah. that is a rare thing yeah. for some people. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. She does give me the side eye sometimes, though, when I come up with some ideas. She's like, mm, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> I, think that, I think that's you know, good. You, gotta that's, have some you need checks that balance. You do. A little bit. Yeah. So um, this is like that. It's like the Val Kilmer memorabilia, but these are people who have killed someone. Like it's so it's which is a little more intense. A little more intense. Yeah. Um, so it can be anything from artwork done by criminals to water bills belonging to criminals or yearbooks signed by criminals. Um, and genuine, genu- generally, gen- generally, you're good. You're good. <laughs> good. Um, the most valuable pieces have a connection to the most high profile criminals, of course. Right. So right. Like, like Gacy, Manson, exactly. Dahmer, Dahmer, stuff right. like that, which we'll talk about Jeffrey Dahmer because this is kind of an interesting landmark event in the realm of murderabilia. But anyway, so um, this term was <laughs> coined. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> I'm like, did they sell his freezer? Like, oh, we'll get there. Happening? We'll get oh, there. God. It's oh, interesting. God. So. Um, this term was coined by Andy Cahan or Cahan. I'm not sure how to say that, but I wasn't either whenever I read yeah. it. Cause I read that Rolling Stone article okay. that I sent yeah. you and he is mentioned okay. there. He is the director of the police department's crime victims office in Houston. Um, and this term, the first place I saw it, it is in that Rolling Stone article. And, mm-hmm. um, there's also an article on the Houston Fox 26 website, um, from and 2020, 2010. he, like, coin it because he wanted it to be, like, macabre and... I'm pretty sure he coined it because he was, like, he wanted a name for it, um, probably to make it a more easily understood phenomenon yeah. so that he could... he, like, goes and, like, talks to people yeah. and shows them murderabilia. And he, he wants to get rid of it. Yeah, and yeah. he's against it, yeah. which is, mm-hmm. um... 
I think really cool. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. I get it. I completely get it. Yeah. So, um, my first intimate experience with murderabilia was, um, and I told someone that I would be talking about LA on the podcast this week, and I will be because it was when I went to Los Angeles. Okay. So where's where all of the weird stuff resides? Yeah. So yeah, like they <laughs> call the cool, it in the cool way, but yeah. yeah, it's very strange city. They call it Holly Weird for a reason, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Back in 2017, uh, Dustin, who has been on this podcast, my cousin, he got to go to L.A. for his birthday. And he was, I think he was 20 at the time, and I would have been 30. And so his parents were like, you're not going alone, like, you, but you don't right, want us right. to go with you, so you're going to have a chaperone. Like, Marnie's going with you. So, <laughs> I love that he's, like, 20, and yeah. they're still like, mm, yeah. you are not responsible enough. Here is your older cousin who can yeah. go and help guide you, and I would be the wrong older cousin yeah. to choose for that sort yeah. of job. Well, after, after our trip, I might have been the wrong cousin to choose from. Like, I might have been, but we had a really good time. We had a lot of fun, and we, we split up a lot because he would want to go shopping or, like, right. go a certain place, and I would be like, well I'm gonna go do this and then we'd get back together for dinner like get takeout or something but anyway um, well and also you know he's 20 you don't need to exactly yeah I don't hold his hand exactly I was just there in case anything went wrong like right like there was an emergency or or, like yeah like an accident exactly someone got yeah sent to prison when you need need more adultier adult than you like (laughs) that so that's basically what my role is which I'm not a very adulty adult so (laughs) anyway um so while we were there I got on google like you do and I searched, I believe the search that I actually used was creepy things to do in Los Angeles. I bet that was like a million hits. Oh, there are so many hits. So <laughs> the first thing that pops up is uh, Dearly Departed Tours website is the first thing I found. So it's dearlydepartedtours.com. Um, and I found the Tragical History Tour. So Dearly Departed, this is what it says on their website. Dearly Departed Tours founder Scott Michaels is the authority on the dark side of Hollywood. Our standard Dearly Departed Tour is a multimedia Hollywood bus tour like no other. Explore cases like Manson, Janice, Whitney, and Michael and lesser known celebrities with even more spectacular exits. You'll also see the final resting place of Marilyn, Natalie, Farah and more peppered with crime scene photographs and audio clips, including 911 calls. The tour has earned its consistent five star ratings. So all of that is accurate. Like you show up at this little. Um, so Dustin didn't go with me for this. Like um, this was me on my own. So um, you show up at this little little cool little building mm-hmm. and it's in like downtown L.A., I think. And um, well, everything looks like downtown L.A. to me because I'm not from there. So I don't know if it really is downtown L.A. But anyway, you show up and they put you in this little bus and it's only like five, six, seven, eight people, something like that. So it's really okay. intimate. Like it's okay. a cool experience. It's like a, it's, it's a small yes, tour. Yeah, it's a very small little like it's almost Which like a minivan. Great, then you can hear yeah. them. Yes. And the guy wears a like a headset so that it broadcasts throughout the little van and they do play 911 calls. They drive you by all these places. I saw... Um, I saw the last apartment that Bella Lugosi lived in where he died. Oh, cool. And where he died in poverty. I shouldn't and say that's cool, but like, yeah, cool. It was cool, yeah. yeah. And we saw we saw a um, one of the one of the iconic places where Marilyn Monroe's photograph has been taken, like a candid photograph. Okay. We saw that. We saw where Whitney Houston died. We saw where Janis Joplin died. We saw where. I um, forget that Whitney Houston died I know, until someone says right? it, and then I'm like, what? She's dead. Yeah. But yeah, I knew that. Okay, yeah. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we saw that. We saw where George Michael got arrested in the bathroom. We saw, like, Michael Jackson's house. We saw um, we saw all, all kinds of stuff. Everything that you can imagine. Every scandal. Every death. So I have a question. Was it kind of like in American Horror Story where she takes the the murder tour? Absolutely. Like, for her house? Yes, like it absolutely. Was, it was very similar to that. It was very that. similar okay. to that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, very fun, but also they do kind of... They they make it serious like they they as it should be yes yeah. it's serious like but um but they make it fun like it's right. kind of a fun cool trip through it's the dark not side of Hollywood. just a bunch of facts dropped on you exactly and boring because, right because history can be very boring if it's not spiced up a mm-hmm. little bit and while it's already very spicy material yeah. you know it's it's delicate so there's like a balance mm-hmm. there's like and a I will say there. this the coolest thing about every tour that I took while I was in Los Angeles is everyone in L A is an actor. So those tour guides are amazing. Oh, I bet. Like they, I mean, they have it They're probably memorized. Like their They're arms animated. Are everywhere. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. So anyway, um, I did that, and the like, I saw where Marilyn Monroe was buried, and this was before Hugh Hefner had died. So, um, 
he was not interred next to her yet, which like I feel bad for her, but I do too. Um, it's like yeah. he wants to possess her in death. I know even, it's but... it's gross. I don't like it. Um, but anyway, so um, I did that while I was in Los Angeles, and um, after that tour, I was like, I wonder what other creepy things there are to do. So mm-hmm. then I find the Museum of Death. So those of you who follow the podcast know about this museum. I've seen several of you share stuff about it. There's one in New Orleans. There's one in Los Angeles. Um, And there's a lot of similarities between the two. There are a few differences. But the one in L.A., um, you walk in and it's the gift store. And, like, you can buy – I bought a T-shirt that had Marshall Applewhite on it. Okay. Because I'm a gross person. (laughs) And um, (laughs) – Anyway, so I bought that and... Uh, you were a different person back then. Okay? I was a different person in 2017. So um, <laughs> anyway, like they have all kinds of true crime stuff that you can buy. And you go in, there's like one room is about embalming and one room is about serial killers artwork. So there's a lot of Pogo the Clowns everywhere. Oh, and like, God. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of Pogo the Clowns and um, there's, let's see, there's a room that's like all the Black Dahlia, like oh yeah, 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 like because that was a huge thing in, in LA, in LA, yeah. right? And they never, they never like solved that. Crime, I don't think correct? so. Okay, no. I didn't think um, so. I, the, you know, the sad thing is the main thing I remember about the Black Dahlia is the fucking film with Josh Hartnett that's yeah. like terrible. Yeah, and I'm like, I remember that. So, so my my wires get crossed mm-hmm. on that a lot yeah. because I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, is this the story or is this the Josh Hartnett right. one where they're yeah. like weird lesbian pornography? Yeah, like, I remember I, I that now. Oh, I remember that. I was very yeah. confused on what was yeah. happening in that film. It I was, was also very... a lot younger whenever it came out. I remember that. That was, so was very... Like, the subtext was lost on me. I mm-hmm. don't know. And I haven't seen it since, but yeah. wires get crossed a lot thanks to that. You ever see the movie Mulholland Drive? Speaking of California. I don't think so. That movie is so weird. Like, I think really? it's a David Lynch movie, which like, yeah, your reaction, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's okay. Probably, probably weird. So, and he My does make roll. a lot of good stuff, but, yeah. but I mean, but it is a like, bit strange. it's a bit strange. And also I was very young when I watched it. So it was even weirder to me. Like I had no context and like no understanding of like, indo- like independent or art house anything so right, like, i'm just right. like what am i watching like this is weird so anyway that reminded me of that but anyway so the museum of death i this i forced us to go with me okay so um we pull up and uh he's like i can tell that he is just like what the hell have i agreed to like this is this is this is crazy so um we go in like all that stuff i told you about um the Black Dahlia pictures were bigger than that X-Files poster on my wall. They were which probably like, twice that size. Which is like the... 48 like inches a, tall. Yeah. 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 So it's like, mean, like a movie poster size yeah. or bigger. Bigger yeah. than a movie poster. They had three pictures of her or something like that on the wall. Anyway, there's a suicide hallway, a car accident hallway, um, all kinds of stuff that you can see that's just like gory, gross, it's like macabre as macabre shit. shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was my very first up close and personal experience with murderabilia um, in person. Um, and just like everybody else, I was totally enthralled. Like right. I was, I think there's like this, this whole, um, like with serial killers and murders and just mm-hmm. anything that's awful we have like this strange need to obsess with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I almost wonder if it comes from like a survival instinct. I think it is. Cause I think it's a desire to understand because well, like when I was in the yeah. fifth grade and I like really started learning about the Holocaust, mm-hmm. like, um, which is not something I would classify as murderabilia, right, like yeah, the yeah, museums yeah, and yeah, stuff, no, because this not was, the same. like, it's not the same, mm-hmm. but in the same vein, it is, Mm-hmm. A representation of um, a horrific act. Horrific act. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm losing my words here. But um, but what I think is a little bit different about how murderabilia is handled, and about like how like the Mora building mm-hmm. or bombing, and then like the Holocaust and things like that, is that a lot of the things like the global scales, like the the Twin Towers and things, we focus on victims mm-hmm. there. I think yeah. with murderabilia. It's a little more grotesque because you're focusing on the serial killer oh, yeah. or yeah. the murderer or whatever. Like, yeah. and you're not really 
giving voice to the victims mm-hmm. and really going, hey, this was way fucked up. It's more of a sensationalized version. Yeah. It's like we were, we were texting before we if did that this. that even makes sense. And I feel like it's kind of like the difference between, like, wa- watching a documentary and going to a sideshow. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. and also, like, things like the Holocaust Museum, the 9-11 Memorial, and the um, bombing memorial, it's all about education. And, and it's like, very important. Yes. It is, it's, it's, like, super important. Yeah. And it's not the same thing at all because, no, 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 no. like, no, no one in is. That, in that Rolling Stone article that we read, mm-hmm. um, there was somebody who, like, wanted to make the comparison. Is oh, why God. I bring that up. Dear and God. they're like, well, you know, like, Lincoln's... Um, like the gun that he was shot with is in the Smithsonian or whatever. Mm. And uh, it's like, yeah, but also Lincoln's family's not alive anymore. Right. It was not on display. Like, yeah. I don't think. And it's not up for sale. No, it's like, not. And it's, and it's not up for consumption to the public. Exactly. In, to in be in a capacity. private home. Yeah. yeah. To, be, to be like a, yeah. um, an artifact exactly. as art. Yeah, exactly. It's there to be like, look, this is a part of history. This is mm. what happened. You know, you know about this. Yeah. Um, which is kind of what, like all of the memorabilia from the war, mm-hmm. you know, from World War Two and World War One and whatever that are like in museums, mm-hmm. that's not there to like that's not a part of a private collection. Right. That's there to be like, this is what happened. This is why it's awful. This is why we educate people mm-hmm. on this so that this does not like repeat. Exactly. That's the whole point of yeah. history is so yeah. that we don't keep doing it. Right. And like the Holocaust Museum is not about turning a profit. No, it's not. Like, you know, okay. Sure. So, so that brings us to this part, which is the most famous murderabilia. So um, on Halloween, TMZ published an article that uh, Zach... Bagans purchased Ted Bundy's murder bag. Gross, but okay. Yes. Okay. So um, I had heard that someone had bought it and I had no idea who. I didn't see the article. Like I just, my gut reaction when I heard that someone had purchased that was this is gross. Like, <laughs> same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why would someone buy this? And then my second thought was that the best thing that could have happened to his murder bag is that a woman bought it and set it on fire in her backyard. With a big ass "fuck you, Ted Bundy" exactly. letter inside of it. Exactly. Like, like I, peak I was witchcraft. Like, okay. Yeah, on peak his witchcraft. Dead, on his yeah. dead ass. Peak witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, Zach is the one who purchased it, and it is now in his haunted museum. So the contents of this bag are. Where is his haunted? Museum? Las Vegas. Okay. So, um, ski mask, red-handled ice pick, two mismatched gloves, a flashlight, orange wire, Glad trash bags. A brown gym bag, white clothesline rope, and strips of bed sheets used for tying up his victims. So, oh. according to the article, these items were all, they were among the items seized from his VW bug in 75. Jesus Christ. So, these are, like, the real deal. Um, I bet Glad is like, why did you release the fact exactly. that he had <laughs> our fucking trash bags? Because this is not what we want to be associated with. Here, I we can hold a lot thought. of blood. Like Body this parts. Is, this yeah. Is, this is the brand you want to go with. Glad bags. Like, <laughs> no, murders, no, murders, no, no, trash bag. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I completely, uh, I had the exact same thought when I read that they actually PR put. PR nightmare. That, yeah, that they put that it was a Glad trash bag. I'm like, I bet Glad is really excited about the <laughs> fact that they put that in there. Um, but yeah, so he told TMZ, um, he, as well as the bag, he also bought his trial papers, photos, audio tapes, and evidence samples. And all of this is going to his haunted museum in Vegas. His reasoning behind buying these objects is that he wants people to see that monsters walk among us. And I have mixed emotions about that because For sure. on the one hand, I'm like, yes, that is, yeah, I mean, they do. Like, they that do. is true. They do. And, and I mean, and Ted Bundy is like a prime example mm-hmm. of people who don't look the like part. they're going to, yeah, the part, quote, mm-hmm. quote, you know, yeah. you can't see me doing the air quotes. Yeah. But, um, like, you know, whenever you see anything on the news and people are like, like, I always find it with like children who have been abused. Mm-hmm. People will be like, well, he just looks like a pedophile. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck does a pedophile look like? It can right. look like your damn pastor because mm-hmm. a lot of those are also pedophiles. If yes. you read the news regularly. Yep. Um, and so there is no look of someone, you right. know, like, so I do on the hand, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But I would be willing to say that that's not the only reason. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like I feel like some of it is just the act of possessing something that awful. Well, the like, shock. The, the shock, shock value. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And um, 
And let's see. So fun fact for the glasses alone that Ted Bundy wore to disguise himself, Zach spent fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand dollars? And for what, a pair of glasses. Yeah. And what I you don't know. You want to buy my car too for me? Like, come on. You got to do something horrible first. I mean, I can mow him over with it first <laughs> if, if he really wants me to. But you can sell your van. Um, <laughs> what happened? Oh, she ran me over with it. So I bought it for her. Yeah. Murderabilia. <laughs> so um, there's I'm another there's another article of note from the AP News that came out on June 27th, 1996. So this is. Where we're going to get back to something we mentioned earlier. So 1996, John Etta, which serial killer's belongings is it that we're likely talking about? It's probably of note that this article is from Milwaukee. Why did I just go blank? Um, oh, 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 Dahmer. Yes. Okay. okay. I was like, so, why did I just go blank? Don't quiz me. What's happening here? So uh, I did some combing on the internet and I was looking for um, where what happened to his fridge. Like I wanted to know yeah. what happened to his fridge. Yeah, no so, kidding. So um, back in like 96, there were um, posts on like a message board or something. Like this is old, old stuff. And people were speculating. God, 96. Yeah. yeah, that's like people, old school. Yeah. People uh, were speculating about where this fridge was, like how could they could get a hold of it, like just all this stuff. And anyway, so, so this is not a new sickness. It's been around oh, a while. Yeah, it's been around a while. <laughs> yeah. We just we just know about it now because it's everywhere. But um so Jeffrey Dahmer had a bunch of things that he used in the torture and murder of seventeen people. Um, and right around the time that this article was published, there was some talk about these items, which the like experts termed tools of death. Um, there was talk about these items being auctioned off for the benefit of the victim's families, which as a victim's family member, you probably would not appreciate having money come from Mm -hmm. what was involved in murdering your loved one exactly and butchering them yeah exactly i that's how i feel about it um i mean i know i personally would not feel comforted by that like mm -hmm. um i mean maybe for some people it helps i i can't speak for everyone i just know personally that would be like horrific to me and i mean and i understand too that if you are in a dire enough financial situation and that could help you Right. And you're dealing with all of that. And, you know, and they're like, already in prison yeah. and like it's not right. and necessarily, I mean, you know, what, what more harm is it going to do? Right. In that mm-hmm. sense, like, I mean, they're already gone. Yeah. I can understand that, but I, I just feel like in my stomach, that's just so gross. I know. I, I completely agree because I don't think I would be able to accept that. Um, but anyway, so there was talk about that and these were items like the fridge. Um, I believe he had a very large pot as like the pot that you might use for a crab boil that kind of a thing um cooking tools items that were described as tools of death like i already said um and ultimately judge daniel george approved the release of these items to the milwaukee civic pride fund who saw that they were destroyed they did not sell them they destroyed all these so his fridge is like yes good yeah oh thank god i was like some asshole bought that for seventy five thousand dollars i'd have to be like we need to have a chat exactly yeah (laughs) you could have fed a lot of kids for that money (laughs) exactly but no you've got a serial killer's fridge so (laughs) yeah um but anyway uh there was this one part of one of the documentaries where um the a victim's father had started a correspondence with a, a killer and that killer had started selling his art and giving the victim's father the money for the art. And the father was putting it into a fund in the victim's name and everything like that. And they had like, they had made some weird kind of peace between them. That is so strange. And, yeah. To me. And I mean, like, I mean, good for him if he's right. making a fund and he's trying mm-hmm. to help other people. Like, obviously, that is not for sole profit. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. He's not profiting mm-hmm. off of his child's death. Right. He's trying to do good with he's it. He's trying to do good with it. But God, that's just, I mean, I'm I don't not, think I could do it. I'm not that big of a human. I'm not either. I'm not that I would good be of a like, person. I'm going to lace arsenic in your mm-hmm. letters and I hope you eat them and die. Like, I'm a <laughs> yeah. horrible person. No, probably, I, no, but I like, mean, imagine if that was your child and like, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's, I'd, I am not a good enough person to do something like that. But, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So we're going to play a little game of Price is Right. Oh, Lord. So you're going to guess the prices on these items. Okay. And if you do not go over, you get to keep them. 
even though I don't have any of them here. Okay, okay. I was like, (laughs) oh, shit, what are you giving me? (laughs) Yeah. So Uh, this is in the Hyena Gallery in L.A. L.A. again. So I love L.A. L.A. is one of my favorite places, but um, it is a little bit weird. So um, this is a note. I don't know if you knew this, but John Wayne Gacy had personalized stationery while he was in prison. I did not know that, actually. Yeah. 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 I'm not shocked, but... Yeah. So, um, a note written on John Wayne Gacy's personalized stationery that says, clowns can get away with murder that is signed by him. How much is it? God. I would say $900. Okay, you are under, but probably not close enough to win it. Oh. So, it is $2,500. Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. $2,500? Yeah. Well, I guess because his handwriting is on it and his name is on it. I guess. Like, I mean, I I don't understand the value of that kind of stuff. Well, and I also also want to point out that it is factually untrue because he did not get away with murder. (laughs) Like. Oh, yeah. 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 Like. Oh, is that what he said on his note? Yeah, it says clowns. uh, He wrote clowns can get away with murder. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, yeah. okay. I must have missed that part. And he wrote it in his out. handwriting. It's in John Wayne Gacy's handwriting. Yeah. And he Look signed here, it. Look here, Pongo. You didn't, so get over it. <laughs> Pongo. Pongo is the little dog from 101 Dalmatians. Pogo. Pogo, that's clowns. I was like, it's something like that. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, obviously, mm. I do not love him enough to remember. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so the next item up for bid is uh, poems written by Dennis Rader, the BTK. Oh, gross. Right, Uh, right. I don't even want to know what his poems would say. And now that I I know that they exist, I'm probably going to go and be very macabre later and look them up and then text you and be like, what the hell am I reading? This is disgusting. Yeah. Because uh, I'm a glutton for punishment. Same. Um... Poems by Dennis Rader. I mean, I would... It's a single poem. I should oh, say that. one, one, one poem. poem. Yeah. And there are multiple of these on sale on this website. Oh, okay, okay. So there's a lot of them, like 70 bucks. Good, you won that. It's $100. Oh, okay. But I, I think that the moral of this is, turns out, even if you're an infamous serial killer, most people don't care about your bad poetry. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like, right? nobody is really interested in that. They're so. probably like, ugh, this is lame. Bye. Yeah, exactly. So um, another place that sells this stuff is Super Not, which is Super and then N-A-U-G-H-T, True mm-hmm. Crime Collectibles website. So um, they have a vintage press print of Albert Fish. How much do you think that's worth? That fucking guy. Yeah. Um, I'd say thirty five hundred. Nine hundred. Really? Yeah. I'm shocked. You are actually. not going home with an Albert Fish. Fucking thank print. God, I'm not a <laughs> yeah. fan of pedophiles. So yeah. Okay. So and I'm not a fond. I'm not a fan. Yeah. That's, what I meant that's to okay. Say. You're not fond of them either. I'm not fond of them either. <laughs> so okay. So now we've got um this one kind of surprised me, but I guess not really. Um, Eileen Warnos's hair. In a plastic, sealed plastic bag. Oh, it's weird. Um, okay, hair. I would say hair is more expensive. Yeah, because think about the implications of having someone's hair. I mean, someday in the future, you might be able to clone yourself an Eileen Warnos. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Uh, 3500 Bingo on the nose. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. $3,500 for her hair. So, yeah. So, like, wow. That is, I mean. Price is right. I I won the showcase showdown, y'all. You did win the the murder (laughs) showcase showdown. Yeah. So, um, I feel like all of this kind of seems a little distant and nebulous. So, what I want to talk about now is where Oklahoma comes into this. um, Because Oklahoma actually played a pretty significant role in a decision that ebay made oh Um, okay so uh is is this about whenever they stopped like selling profane stuff or whatever they stopped selling things that pertain to hate crimes oh okay it has to be over i believe it has to be over 50 years old to be considered a historical object yeah and at which point it can be sold as a historical object but what was happening was um Okay, so Oklahoma, true crime, there is one criminal that comes to mind above all others, which is Timothy McVeigh. Tim McVeigh, that's what I was about to say. So in 2006, um, some items popped up online, and this this is not part of that story, but there was a drawing by Terry Nichols, 
who kind of helped Timothy McVeigh. Um, and it was set at auction for $65, which is not like in terms of all this stuff, that's not really a shocking amount or anything like that. Right. But um, it's shocking someone sold it. Yes, exactly. Um, so another item that popped up was a yearbook signed by Timothy McVeigh that was listed for $3,700. Jesus fucking Christ. What is disturbing to me about this is that... Um, he was part of something that I feel was a movement instead mm-hmm. of being like a individual deranged serial killer. He was part of something larger than himself. Right. So for someone to value this at that amount means that there are people willing to pay that who also have the same values that he does. Yeah. Most does that probably. make sense? Most like probably, what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, and I understand because I know there will be people who are like, well, you can disassociate mm-hmm. from, yeah, I love your expression because yeah. that's my exact same. Yeah. Like, f- fucking please. Yeah. Um, you can disassociate from like the crime, but still want a part of it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Because even with my obsession with mm-hmm. murder and stuff yeah. like that, and not that I'm like obsessed and want to murder people. My obsession always stems from this terrifies me. I want to know what to look for. Exactly. I am a paranoid person. Let it be Mm -hmm. said. And so like I do, I obsess with like how to spot grooming, how Mm -hmm. to spot, you know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that. Things that I feel like will protect me. But I've known a lot of people who have been abused as children. And so like that. And it's not anything like I would not want to own a piece of Albert Fish. Right. I would not want to own anything that some disgusting priest had owned who mm-hmm. had you know right. molested thousands of boys in a yeah. in a fucking you know orphanage or something like i don't want that mine is mostly let me read what the experts have said exactly or yeah. like watching yeah. deadly women or exactly. something you know and yeah. listening to these people who are analyzing and talking mm-hmm. about what went wrong here right what 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 that is fascinating this? that is yes. fascinating and i think what's i think that um that's a learning thing, yeah. though. That's not a, here, I idolize this, I want right. a part of this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes that line can get blurred for some people. Yeah. Um. So you ha- do have to understand that the closer you are to things, the more you know about it, the, the more it can have, I guess, an effect on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I think so. I mean, hello, I had to, like, stop myself from watching things because it was just fucking up my dreams Mm -hmm. and it was like fucking me up in the daylight and stuff and i was like you know what i can't keep doing this because this is this is making me too paranoid like i'm gonna start murdering people because i'm gonna think that they're pedophiles or something like it's it's a whole it's a whole thing like so sometimes i feel like you have to have that space Mm -hmm. and i feel like wanting a piece of it is way too close Close. it's it's way too close unless you were like that guy um con or Khan, yeah yeah i don't know how to pronounce yeah. his name but um unless you're like him where he i i know that i was reading that article and he was talking about how he takes these things because it has more of a like it packs more of a punch oh, yeah, to yeah, show yeah, it yeah. to people and go this is what people are buying mm-hmm. and i'm willing to bet that he does not have it hanging on his wall oh no 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 i like, think it's in like, his office i think it's like, like a, a part of, yeah. yeah like it's kind of like the mind hunter guys whenever they exactly, go and yeah. like it's like when the know, dare education. officers would come with that briefcase full of drugs yeah do you remember that yes yeah, yes i do like the bubble bubble package drugs <laughs> that are in that briefcase that just like pops open and yeah like, and they don't they don't let you touch them right damn yeah. but like <laughs> which just inspires everyone to be like i gotta get my hands on these like right right you know? like i i get i get that the dare program was supposed to work I don't, I don't know that it necessarily I have a funny did. dare story that I've told you before, but I'll tell it on the air. Um, so there was this dare officer when I was in um, fourth grade, I believe, uh, who <laughs> I feel that this officer um, probably got removed from like regular duty because of maybe some <laughs> instability. Because okay. one time she told me, um, she said, you're little. That's good. Because if you're little... It means that there are more hiding places for you when the kidnappers come. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, why? No, that's not what you Right. Like. Fucking that stayed with me. Like, I mean, I still think about it today when I'm like walking places. I'm like, You're like I'm like, that's a, that's a pretty small place that I could get into to get away from a kidnapper. It like scarred me. But anyway, okay, so 
Back to the the Oklahoma connection to all this. So in 2001, eBay changed its policy to restrict the sale of certain items in a direct correlation with things that related to McVeigh. Mm -hmm. So at that time, there were about 40 inflammatory items up for sale. And they will still sell items related to people like him that are not inflammatory, which means like a documentary or a book okay, okay. or anything like that, like informational kind right. of stuff, like teaching stuff. So, but which if it's totally like different his yearbook, established, yeah. like, no, they're not going to sell that. So, um, they ended up getting rid of all these items on May 17th, 2001, um, which they said had nothing to do with the fact that his execution was scheduled for May 16th, 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, his execution did get pushed back to the 11th of June, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you've ever read like his final words or anything like that, but I mean, just, no. yeah. No, I haven't. Did- I, I was not, Tim McVeigh is one I don't touch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like um, that for us, yeah. Like as a state was just such like I'm I'm like I don't want to give him any more of my time right. than he took from people. Mm-hmm. Like I went to school with a girl who um when we would go on field trips, like my teacher had to hold her because her mom and her baby sister died in the Mora bombing. Oh and God. it was like in on a lot of our field trips were like down around Oklahoma, mm-hmm. downtown Oklahoma yeah. City, and she would literally have panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And a child that, having panic attacks. In, like, the first grade. Yeah. First or second grade, I think it was. And I was just like, that stayed with me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and it was just her and her dad afterwards. And I was like, how? How? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, I'm like, I don't put any anything into Tim McVeigh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's just not um, whatever. Like, I, I do love that as a state, though, we are one of those states where when stuff like that happens... We are, all, standard. we are like, fuck you. Like mm. when that lady made the cake, the Mora bombing cake. Did you see it? No. Okay. There, I believe it was a lady made, she was like making famous scenes cakes and made a blown up Mora bombing cake and like Oklahoma Tough. reamed this Good. bitch. Like on, on a whole, like yeah. on online we reamed her and I was like. That's what you get for doing something like that. My first thought was maybe we're being a little too mean. But then my second thought was, no, fuck her. Yeah. You don't do that. That was horrific for people. It's still horrific. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? People still come to see it because it was major and it was mad and Mm -hmm. it was awful. And I think that what people who are not from here or who are not from a place where something like this has happened don't realize is that. If you live in the metro area, chances are you or someone you know was directly affected by that event yep. to this day because it's not that distant in the no, past. No, it's not. Like, I mean, it was in what, 93 or 95? 95. 95, that's right. So, I mean, like, I know people who lost their hearing because they were downtown. My mm-hmm. dad was downtown. My grandpa's uh, window blew out of his office and landed in the chair behind him. My uncle was um, driving for craft at the time and mm-hmm. uh, was near like doing deliveries and was helping people and was giving them waters and just like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, you know, as major. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. So I think that, um, my, my point in bringing that up is like a lot of this seems very distant and nebulous, but when you put it in the perspective of like your friend who was having the panic attacks and then there's someone online buying his yearbook for $3,700. Yeah. Like, I mean, what is that doing to like her? Exactly. People like her, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, how does that feel to be a victim and, you know, and somebody's profiting off of this because of what he did to your family. Right. Right. And that, that's kind of what you and I were texting about earlier Mm -hmm. before I came over was, you know, because I had never really thought about murderabilia Mm -hmm. until you were like, Hey, you want to do this with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. What is that? And I was reading about it and I was like, I am so pissed. Like this is fucked up Yeah, because like I said, if it's educational, Mm -hmm. I get it. Right. Yeah. I get it. I'm totally, I'm Mm -hmm. totally for it. Like, you know, people need to be educated about the Holocaust. They need Mm -hmm. to be educated about the fact that we had Japanese internment camps Mm -hmm. and, in the United the States. Yeah. Mm. You know, the Things bombing, like um, you know, the bombing memorial, mm. the, um, 9-11 memorial, 9-11, stuff like yeah, that. Like yeah. 9-11, all of that, all of that is important. I even believe that like studying serial killers and people having that information and having those items. Like, like Mindhunter. Yes. Like Mindhunter yeah. or like with the FBI, like, mm. which is, you know, based on that, but like them having these items to go, okay, this this is from that or whatever mm-hmm. in an educational setting. I get that. 
But something that's just because you have this macabre fascination, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. It's very sick. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that whenever you take, like, my biggest problem is, is that it is, it glorifies them. Yeah. And they're monsters. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm all about glorifying fictional monsters. Like, you know, a lot of my writing is That's dark. Yeah. And I, and, and yeah. like, and like John Milton and his, you know, here, you're going to feel Satan. bad for Satan. Satan. And, yeah. you know, he's, he's going to be the hero. He's, he's going to be the hero. Yes. That's different. Oh, it's I mean, I guess, I guess to some people that's not different because that is their religion. I'm sorry. But like, <laughs> right. but, no, but in completely. a fictional yeah. setting. It's different. Fiction is, yeah. In in fiction, I'm like, I, I don't believe in, you know, censorship, um, censorship or, or anything like that. So, which we have talked about plenty, but, um, but with this, this is, this is a little bit different, especially whenever it's so close and right. these people's families are alive and it's just, it's like, think about their victims, mm-hmm. you know, don't think about the asshole who... Who like stole something from somebody yeah. because that that is the worst thing you could steal from a human is a life. Yeah, I really feel that mm-hmm. because you don't get to make it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it just glorifies them and it gives them what they want. Yeah, they like the like the picture that Richard Ramirez, I guess, one of his drawings that mm-hmm. he had sent to somebody who had reached out to him yeah. who had started yeah, selling. Me, yeah. yeah, started selling uh, murderabilia. Like he draws his eyes and he even signs it the Night Stalker. And it it's like he's a, getting off on that. He's getting off on mm. it. And it's like, why would you give them that? Right. Why? Yeah. There's enough crazy bitches who want to go and marry these psychopaths. Like, yeah. Uh, which oh I'm half God. the time I'm like, just put her in the cell with them and let them eat her because clearly she doesn't need to have kids. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Um, oh, my God. Which, uh, <laughs> sorry about you if you want to be one of those people, but that's how I feel. Um, and I think that part of this, like, and I think this probably relates a little bit to that, too. But this is my big theory here is that I think a lot of times when just regular people want to possess these items, I think it comes from a place of, like, for me, when, like, my biggest fear is death. Like, yeah. I'm terrified of death. So, um, I... Which is, which is a very common and human fear. Yeah. Um, so I kind of obsess about it and I'm like, if I read enough about death, if I see enough death, if I work in a funeral home, maybe I will become a master of death and it won't happen to me. Yeah. No. So I think, and, <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't no, work, but, but no, it's like yeah, the magical thinking that, it's that you think whole... if you gain mastery over something, you can... You well, then, like me with like my obsession of finding out like how grooming works and mm-hmm. things like that. Like maybe yeah. I can save the world's children. Exactly. If whatever, because you know, one of the most scarring things in my life was whenever I was growing up, one of my very best friends was molested by her dad. Mm-hmm. And she told me about it when I was young and it had a massive yeah. fucking like lingering thing on me. Yeah. And like my entire life has been, how do I save her? Mm-hmm. I know I can't save right. her. I mean, it's, it's irrational, done, but and yeah. it's irrational, but how do I save her? How do I save people like mm-hmm. her? How do I prevent this from happening yeah. to my kids? Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and it is, it's a very obsessive thing mm-hmm. and it's easy to do, but also I don't want a vintage, whatever of Albert, Albert fish. fish. Yeah. yeah. You know, like yeah. it's my obsession is not to that point. More of my obsession would be, let me find these people and help them get counseling. Mm-hmm. Any of these children who might have encountered him that lived. Yeah. Um, because he abused very, like, a ton of fucking kids. Like, yeah. I think they estimated, like, over a thousand kids. I don't doubt it. He's I mean, he didn't creep. murder them all. Right. But he was a fucking, say, he was a sadist and he was gross yeah. and oh, whatever. God. Yeah. So, I think that... It, um, I think one of the things that we talked about that I think probably would be a beneficial thing to happen to this sort of stuff is, like, if there was a statute of time, like, yeah. that the victim's yeah. families can no longer be living or that... Or anyone directly, like, associated with can them, no longer like, be their living. friends, yeah. their kids, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, like, 50, 60 years right. have passed, most mm-hmm. of those people are dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if the family specifically, yeah, specifically or if says, the, like, Yeah, or if the family releases yeah. it, because I feel like... We give a lot more. We we're give, giving them power. We we give them more power than we're giving their victims. Right. And that to me is wrong. Because yeah. that's also a second miscarriage of justice. Mm-hmm. Because, the you know, I mean, you're you're basically making the perpetrator, uh, like, their, their needs, their wants, their whatever, more important mm-hmm. than what they did. Yeah. And that's wrong. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I completely, completely agree. Um, I, I have very mixed emotions about it because, like, obviously, Same. my gross ass bought a Marshall Apple White t-shirt. I mean, and, and but, like I say, you know, I mean, I have a ton of stuff, like mm-hmm. a ton of books on Jack the Ripper. I've got yeah. a ton of books on serial killers. I've watched a shit ton of serial mm-hmm. killer documentaries. Oh, I do too, yeah. Like, I just watched The Confession Killer. I host a true crime podcast. Right, right. Like, you know, like, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not like... And a lot of a lot of people are obsessed with these mm-hmm. things, and I do think it is like that whole need to understand. But again, there's a fine line, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that that crosses it. You're right. Like, yeah. um, I mean, no matter how rich or well this would do, like your show, mm-hmm. it's not like you're gonna be like, one day I'm gonna have an office and I'm gonna have like Tim mm-hmm. McVeigh's teeth in right, my fucking yeah, office yeah. because. This is Irioki and this is what I'm about because it's yeah. not what we're about. Right. Uh, or you're about. Yeah. I mean, you know, I say we like, yeah, because I'm not either. But like, and this yeah. is why we're friends. But yes. like, um, it's just, it's like that, that's off brand for me, I mm-hmm. guess I should it's say. It's off brand. That's yeah. off brand. That's off brand. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and that's just not, that's not like, I would rather, I would much rather have like something like, you know, like, okay, a little bit different, but um, say, like not a murder thing, but like say say if you wanted to buy something that a celebrity that you admire who has killed themselves or who has mm-hmm. died horrifically or something, I feel that's even a little bit different. That is different, yeah. Than somebody mm-hmm. being murdered. Yeah. Like like say you did want a piece of Bella Lugosi's mm-hmm. like house chair, yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. that I would yeah. be like, okay, man, because like yeah. while that's horrific and you know mm-hmm. here someone has died tragically and this is awful. He also wasn't killing a whole bunch of fucking right. people, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So it's dude, not like yeah. you're negating the victims, mm. if that makes sense. I would just also like to say that I learned this week that Bella Lugosi was one of the very first actors to ever come out publicly and say that he was an alcoholic and get treatment for it and get sober. Good for him, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit, yeah. even today, that's a rare thing to yeah. happen. I was very, I was very, like, touched by that. I thought that was really cool. But, um, so the future of murderabilia, um, right now... This is a direct quote from Wikipedia, which, by the way, if you paste a Wikipedia quote into a Word document, Word will recommend that you get better sources. <laughs> and I'm like, I love that. Yeah. I mean, even though I am, I am like, I am big on the Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. I do love Wikipedia because yeah. a lot of times the shit does get it right. Yeah, like a lot of times, a lot of times right, people yeah. aren't aren't mm-hmm. fucking with it. I right. mean, anybody can, yeah. but a lot of times, you know, it's it's yeah. It's a lot more accurate than they want to. Right. They want you to believe in college. Like, my, yeah. my last semester of college, Wikipedia was accepted by some of my really? professors. Yeah, which really. Well, I mean, surprised you know, I dropped me. out of college yeah. like way before you graduated. Well, and so, I, like, I went. I dropped out and then went back like two years ago. So right, this was right, like very right, recently. Right. Like, and I was like, "What the hell? This yeah, is cause weird." Because like, like whenever what? I was going like in early two thousand eight and shit, mm-hmm. two thousand eight to like twenty eleven. It was like you don't ever use Wikipedia. Right. You don't like, even look at it; Wikipedia it'll melt your brain. Devil. It's yeah. like it's all lies and it's whatever. It's and lies. I was like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it was very like you did not like if you wanted to be taken seriously at college, you did not cite Wikipedia. Well, like, that's why you would go to Wikipedia, find it, and then be like, "Where, where was this I, where source was this? from?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just take yeah. the source mm-hmm. and use it. Yep. Uh, so, um, in 2005, a serial killer's artwork was sold online in Massachusetts. Um, state lawmakers proposed to block the activity, setting off a debate on free speech rights of prisoners. Um, so Andy Cahan, the guy that we talked about earlier, director of the Houston based marriage crime victims office has lobbied strongly against the sale of murderabilia material in May, 2001 eBay banned the sale of these items, but the sales continued on other websites as of of 2007, the sale of such items was banned in five States, which include Texas, California, New Jersey, Michigan, and Utah. I'm surprised we're not on that list. Yeah. Um, so in 2010, uh, senators, John Cornyn of Texas and Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota teamed up to introduce a bill into Congress that would stop, that would outlaw the sale of murderabilia. The bill was called stop the sale of murderabilia to protect <laughs> the dignity of crime victims act of 2010. This and came, um, after several individual fights over the issue, the bill died in committee. So. It's kind of shocking though, because I feel like that was probably written by a conservative. Mm-hmm. And I agree with it. Yeah. And uh, I didn't funny. I didn't think that that would ever fucking happen. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, because I, I totally understand free speech. Like mm-hmm. we have talked about tons of times, like, um, l- and, and here's what I find funny. 
about this is that there are probably a lot of people in the world who will lobby against a bad book. Right. You see yeah. my you see my quotes. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Um it like that's like, oh, this is this is wrong. Mm. This person said, you know, like a bad word or mm. whatever. And would probably be okay with murderabilia. Right. I have met people like that. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. like, Completely I feel like you saying. have very skewed values Values here because mm. written word. Like, I am the first person to tell you right now, I hate pedophiles. I mm. hate anything to do with them. Like, whatever. Like, we've talked about. I will fight till the day I die for Lolita to be published. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. It's a agree. fucking garbage novel. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. I've read it. It's disgusting. It's gross. It is it is also hailed as one of like a, it's like hailed as a literary masterpiece. All I know about Lolita is that there is a direct quote from that book where Humbert Humbert says, "My cup brims with tittles." <laughs> And that man, is all I know is I rolled my eyes a lot and I was like, this is sick. The man that wrote this is a pedophile. Yeah. Like, and, all... I, and even though I don't actually believe that, like, I mean, mm. I believe you can write some really fucked up dark shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. Stephen King does not, hopefully, hopefully, Mr. King does not have a, you know, stash of bodies beneath his basement right, yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, he writes really dark shit. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I think like that he agrees with he it had a child bit. orgy. I don't think he's like hosting those in right, his house exactly. anytime. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, so there there is a difference. Right. Um, for free speech. And I feel like that should not be protected by free speech. Right. Like the whole here. Let me sensational. Because I know that mm. um, wasn't it David Berkowitz? wanted to sell his story yes. Sam. Yes. And they blocked that. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that is what they should do. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, even if he's in prison, even if that money does not like directly help him, mm-hmm. but it does. I mean, he could pay lawyers. He could yeah. whatever. He doesn't need that shit. Mm-hmm. He was a bad fucking dude. Let him run in prison. Like, come on. Yeah. So, um, so I think that that's about, all we got for uh, murderabilia. Um, I'm sure I could go on for hours about it, but dude, I, will, same, I will. Same. We will quit. Yeah, we'll quit. <laughs> um, so again, thank you to everyone who talked to me um, about what I was slash am going through. Um, y'all are not alone. I'm not alone. Um, we love you, and Marnie. Yeah, thank you, um, Brienne. Uh, shout out to Brienne. I'm like, I feel like I always am like calling Brienne out on the podcast. Um, she posted something on Instagram that I don't think that I actually got to like, but. I saw it and I had to like get out of Instagram really quick because I was in the middle of something or I was somewhere. I can't remember what it was, but it was a quote from Henry Zabrowski and it was about suicide Mm -hmm. and it was about how suicide is bullshit. And it really meant a lot to me that she posted that and shared that and that I saw it and everything because, um, I am not the kind I'm, I'm not going to blame anyone who commits suicide or anything like that. But for me, I have to personally believe that suicide is bullshit so that right. I don't do it. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, have I, to, I totally get that, man. Yeah. Like, um, like a lot of times people are like, you know, don't, um, don't, don't blame the person that don't you say know, it's like, selfish. Yeah. Don't say it's stuff. selfish. Yeah. Don't say it's whatever. But yeah. I have to believe but, that stuff. But I, when I was growing mm. up and, um, I was taking care of my brother, like, I mean, and I was very suicidal mm-hmm. at the time, you have to have to realize. And, um, like, I had a noose in my garage, kind of suicidal, made out yeah. of um, extension cords. And my thought that always stopped me was, my brother is going to be the one that finds me, because mm-hmm. he would be the one who would come home first. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do that to him. That is what kept me going, mm-hmm. which... Um, you know, I'm grateful to that, like, now, because now my, my suicidal thoughts are way more in control than they were yeah. when I was a lot younger. Um, thank you, medication. Mm-hmm. You're a godsend. Nothing wrong with taking medication. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Sometimes when your brain's just wired a little bit strange, you need, you a little need help. help. You need, you need a little need chemical help. boost. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, uh, we are big proponents of, like, therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, go Same. talk to somebody, go whatever, yeah. get on meds. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it. It doesn't make you a weak person. Yeah. But for me, yeah, whenever I did not have access to those things, that is what saved me. Mm-hmm. Or I would probably not be here today with you. Yeah. And that would suck because I really like you. <laughs> that would su- I would. I really like you too. I would be very sad. Um, <laughs> there's a quote from Brian Quinn who is on Impractical Jokers. And he said about suicide that suicide did not, it doesn't, 
end the pain. It ends the chance that things will get better. That's true. And I think that that is true because the pain doesn't end with you. Like No, it, it doesn't. It, it, it goes it ripples. on. It's like, yeah. it's like suicide is like the drop in the pool. Mm. And then out, it ripples yeah. outward. And, yeah. it, and it does. It affects everyone around you. And, you know, if you are feeling suicidal, please seek help. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't. Don't. Yeah. Just get We get want help. you to we want live, you to okay? okay? Yeah. And I want me to be okay. And so, like, I... Uh, that's why I'm sharing all this because it was really important for me to see that post that Brianne made because, um, I needed that reminder that day. So that was, that was really, really cool. Shout um, out to Brianne. Yes. Um, so reading recommendations. Um, I have a couple things I want to talk to you guys about. Um, I, holy shit. Okay. So a few weeks ago while I was on my little hiatus, I went down the audible rabbit hole and there is a book on Audible. I talked about it nonstop to you, yeah. nonstop to Laura. Mm-hmm. I, tr- I I even talked to Whitney about it. I told her she needs to download it because she does Audible. Um, well, and you know I don't do Audible. So, like, yeah. is it, like, I can read it to, like, a... Nope, it's only on Audible. Oh, it's man. only on Audible. But the performance is so great. Like, oh, okay. It's amazing. Okay. I would just buy it I won't, it I won't get bored. No. Oh, okay. You okay. won't get bored. Okay. okay. So, it is called A Certain Hunger. And I believe it's by, I'll, I'll look up her name. Um, but basically it is a fiction work of fiction, um, uh, from the perspective of a female cannibal. Damn. In modern America. And she's about, I think she's about 55 years old and she's telling the story of how she got caught. And oh, okay. like, and she is, I mean, the girl who wrote this, like, also I want to say this character is a food critic. <laughs> that's her job she's a food critic she's a food critic and she's like uh this roast doesn't taste half as good as a human ass but that's exactly okay. yeah, like, yeah, yeah 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 it's it's by chelsea g summers okay so go check it out it's really 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 good um so yeah that is i was enthralled by that but also probably a little bit darker than what i should have been listening to given the fact that i'm a little bit depressed but um but i thought it was fun it was uh very well, if it's fun then it there's no problem with it yeah. like i mean you yeah. know you can you can consume dark content without it making it worse that's true. sometimes yeah so um that that is a thing uh you got any reading recommendations or anything you want to talk about um i mean recently i did go ahead and i pulled the plug on my um my pseudonym pulled the trigger pulled the trigger yeah. i should say yeah, yeah. pulled the plug <laughs> that sounds kind of like i'm yeah. like go down the drain <laughs> exactly um, yeah. and and i did actually release a short story it's called in the garden it's um on kindle it's by colette carmen and um and that is spelled c a r m o n yeah c a r m o n because it's a family name actually yeah. um both of them are family mm-hmm. names and colette is c o l l e t t e and i had the privilege of um proofreading slash editing the story and i had a lot of fun with that because i really love like clive barker i love erotic horror i think it's like one of my favorite kinds of horror because it's the most horrifying right um, right and that Same. is what like it's, it's this... really dark and um yeah. and i love writing dark like i do love contemporary and writing like fun stuff too like mm-hmm. my pseudonym's probably going to be all over the place and people are going to be like please pick a genre yeah <laughs> you always have multiple this is true too you always have multiple. this is true so um speaking of pseudonyms um i've got some news for you guys uh, I had a few people contact me about what the hell was going on with the novel that I was going to publish because I pulled it back right at the last second because I was like, something doesn't feel right. I don't know what it is and I figured it out. Um, so I started a pseudonym for the romance that I'm going to be writing. The pseudonym is Dallas Blake, which I feel like sounds right at home on Dynasty. Like yes. that's a romance name if I yes, ever heard it one. Is, girl. Um, so I wanted something vaguely Western sounding because like I write about um, Western type stories i'm not articulating this well but anyway so the point is well you like country singers and exactly, you like the country yeah. vibe and, i do, and, I the, do. And, there, and there ain't nothing wrong with that like a, you know no. a lot of my, a lot of my stuff also goes into um like southern gothic so i'm about the country yeah. lifestyle i was about well. to say one direction <laughs> <laughs> that too that's that a different too. pseudonym that's a different that's a different one but yeah. okay <laughs> inspired by this one direction song which i completely understand because all of my stuff is inspired by music but um so dallas blake is the name it's on amazon and you can go to dallasblake.com and it's called gunshy it's called gunshy yeah and it's fan 
fantastic. Yeah. So basically, I actually bought it. Did you really? Did oh my god! It. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, the gist of the story is that there's this country singer from Oklahoma. He's performing, and a shooting happens at the concert while he's performing, and it's like a love story between him and his high school sweetheart. So, um, that is out there. Also, what I wanted to say was, I still am going to be writing horror. I've got some Irioki shorts coming at you guys under my real name, Marty Venge, and I've got some horror novels also coming under my real name. So, um, I just had, I kind of had to figure that out. And the reason I'm using a pseudonym is just the branding. Like, right. People, right. that's a that's really kind of like how thing. I did like with my, like my, um, poetry, which I haven't mm. really been working on lately because I have been focusing most of my stuff into, because that's just where I'm at right now in yeah. my headspace, you know, mm-hmm. um, I've been focusing, focusing a lot of it into my fiction mm-hmm. and like horror and erotic horror. Cause we know that's yeah, my jam. Your jam. You're good at um, it. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm excited that you say that because I think you're a fantastic author. Thank you. And I hope that everyone buys your book because also, you know, it's set in Oklahoma. It is. And that's very on brand for you. It is. Yeah. It is on brand for me. On brand for Irioki. Might not be eerie. It's totally. Just, but, but I mean, hey, it's yeah. kind of like a crime happens. It is a crime, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, there yeah, you go. it is a crime. <laughs> like, kind of like, like. No, like it, crime, it, it yeah. does happen, Jonetta. Don't, don't no, split hairs. No, you're fine. So, and um, the other thing, if you're interested in my writing, you can join the group on Facebook, Scrappy Little Things, because all my main characters are scrappy little things. So um, that, that was kind of cute. And I know, think it's way cute. Thanks. Um, so anyway... That is all to say, follow us on Instagram at Irioki. Facebook is the same. Join the Facebook group for Iriokis. And we have a lot of fun in there. And another thing, one last announcement is I need you guys' help. Um, someone contacted me recently who is working on a film project about the black-eyed children. And what they, is that? Um, so the black-eyed children, I don't, I don't know if I can explain this quickly very well, but they're like children that have black eyes that are seen in these weird kind of circumstances and like, I've heard some stuff about them being alien or demonic or vampire, like things yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, is it like so, a certain yeah? And sub-species? so this person is working on a project about that, and they asked me if I would see if any I knew anyone who was a researcher or who was an expert or who had even had an experience that might want to talk. And so, if any of that, if you fit that criteria, send me an email, um, iriokipodcast at gmail or message me on Facebook um, or Instagram. Just let me know if you'd be interested in talking to me about that if I could pass on that information or if you'd be interested in talking to the individual that is making the project. So, um, I think that that's all I've got. And do you have anything else you want to plug? Like anything nope. else? Any- I think, I think I'm good. Well, okay. I mean, you know, eventually I'll get my newsletter going yeah, and get same, my, my stuff. Same. I mean, I have one, but it, mm-hmm. it's a sad, sad story, but <laughs> I, get that. I get that. All right. Well, y'all stay spooky.